message, the grace of tongues. The grace of tongues. In week three, we talked about the gift of tongues and how the gift of tongues, Paul says, when, when somebody speaks with the gift of tongues, there needs to be an interpretation because it's a message that comes from God to people. That's the gift of tongues. So anytime that, anytime that happens in a meeting or where there's more than one or two people, there needs to be an interpretation so that everybody can understand. Watch this. So that everybody can be encouraged by the message that comes from God through tongues. It's called the gift of tongues. There's a difference in what we're going to talk about today because today we're talking about the grace of tongues and how every one of us has been given the the right and even the freedom to receive this prayer language called tongues. But the difference is, is that the gift of tongues is a message from God to people. The grace of tongues is a message from the Holy Spirit or a prayer language through us to God. One comes from God, the other one goes to God. Is it clear? So there's a difference. So when you're praying in tongues in your private place, there doesn't need to be an interpretation. Now, your mind will be unfruitful and you won't know what you're saying. But let me assure you this. The Holy Spirit's got it all under control <laughs> and he's praying the perfect will of God over your life. Amen. How many of you would say that'd be OK with me? So today I want to I want to kick off with point number one. Because I believe all of us need the grace of tongues. All of us need our prayer language. All of us need to pray in tongues. I'm just going to say it as straight as I can. You all need to pray in tongues. And I'm going to show you why. Number one, because it's scriptural. It's scriptural. It just is. It's in the Bible. It's as clear as day. There's no reason to be afraid of it. It was breathed onto the papers by God. Through man, it's scriptural. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. I'll be in the New King James Version. It says this, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Okay, so there's the difference. One of them speaks to men from God. This one speaks to God from men. You're getting this. You're seeing how clear it is, okay? So he says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So it's scriptural. Notice that it says to God. We just talked about that, how this this speaking in tongues or this prayer language, however you want to call it, is it's us speaking to God. It's going to God. One comes from God, this one goes to God. And for every believer, we need to have and we need to operate in the grace of tongues, the message that goes to God. Right? Notice also that he says, in the Spirit. You're praying in the Spirit. It says, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. So those that pray in tongue don't pray to men. They pray to God and they pray in the spirit and they pray in mysteries. In other words, you're not going to understand what it says. You're not going to understand the prayer language. You're not going to understand the words that are coming out of your mouth that are rolling off of your tongue. You're not going to understand it. And listen, you need to be okay with that. You're just going to have to be okay with that. That I don't understand. It's a mystery. First Corinthians 14, 14 says this. For if I pray in a tongue, 
my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So it's the spirit who's praying through you, but your understanding is unfruitful. In other words, you're not going to be able to wrap your mind around it. It's just not going to happen. I've prayed in tongues long enough to know that there's times where I pray and it feels like worship. And then there's times that I pray and it feels like warfare. There's times I'll, I'll get in my, in my quiet place and I'll start praying for some of you and I'll, I'll just start praying in tongues and I'm seeing you and I'm warring in the spirit and it gets very strong. My prayer language gets very strong at times. You can ask my family. Sometimes they may hear me on the other side of the house. And they're like, is dad okay? Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> it's the devil you need to worry about. But, you know, so anyway. Um, so, you, you, so prepare yourself to pray in a language that you won't understand. Uh, verse 15 and 16 says this. It says, what is, this, what is the conclusion then? Watch what Paul says. I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, which is another word for pray, right? We bless the food. (laughs) We pray. In other words, you pray. You bless with the spirit. How will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, which is another word for prayer. Since he doesn't understand what you say, for you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So so what is this verse saying? Paul says, if if I'm going to pray in tongues, I'm not going to understand it. And even the people around me aren't going to understand it and they're not going to be built up by it. So don't that's why we don't pray in tongues out loud at our Savior's church is because unless somebody has the gift of interpretation, I want to stick with what the scriptures say, what Paul's recommendation was that if you're going to pray or you're going to speak in tongues, then let there be an interpreter so that everybody can understand what that interpreter is saying. Clocking with me, shake your head. Otherwise, I want you to pray in tongues. I want you to speak in this grace of tongues. But you've got to understand, it's a private thing. It's, it's not like you need to go and, and pray over people in tongues, although you may do that, but it, they don't get what you're saying because you don't even get what you're saying, right? But it's something that we do. It's our personal prayer language that we get to use. And this is why, because it builds me up. It builds me up. So why do we need to pray in tongues? Because it builds me up. Making sense so far? The point is this, is that all of us can pray in tongues. It's not a, a gift that only certain people can receive because I've heard that so many times that, well, you know, I don't have the gift of tongues. Well, actually, you have the grace of tongues. Maybe not the gift of tongues that requires interpretation, but you do have the grace of tongues. And that's for every believer because I've always had this in my mind. Why would the Holy Spirit give me the grace of tongues to edify myself, but then not give somebody else the grace of tongues to edify themselves? Say it's just not fair. I mean, I realized that, that other people had this ability to pray in tongues and build themselves up. And I went, well, what the heck? I want that too. Right? I mean, how many of you want all that God has for you? 
I mean, verse 18, he says this, I think, my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. <laughs> Paul's saying, I thank God that I pray with tongues more than the rest of you. Why can he say that? Or how can he say that? Because he understands the power of praying in the Spirit. He understands how, how vital it is for every believer to be able to build themselves up in the Spirit. He says, I thank God that I pray more than the rest of you in the Spirit. You see, some people will take the previous two verses and say, well, Paul said, if I pray. It doesn't say that he did pray. He said, if I pray, and they'll, they'll twist that around and they'll say, well, Paul just said, if I, if I pray, but it doesn't say that he did pray. Well, first Corinthians 14, 18 says, I think my God, I speak with tongues more than all of you. So Paul prayed in tongues. It's amazing how people can take scripture and read right over something because they have a bias or because they, they've grown up with some bad doctrine, and they'll read over something and they'll go, eh, and they'll never see it. I was like that. I was raised in a church that you didn't even talk about the Holy Spirit. Like you just got him when you got saved, and that was it. And there was no need for any more talk about the Holy Spirit. And even if you talked about the Holy Spirit, or you talked about the churches that were moving in the Holy Spirit, you better be careful because you might get a demon or it might be evil. And it be, it, I'm, I'm being serious. I was raised up in an environment that, that threw extreme caution in front of you that turned into fear that said, I can't have this. This isn't for me because it could be, it could be evil. I love this verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 39. It says, do not forbid the speak to speak in tongues. Okay, so watch this. The scripture says, do not forbid speaking in tongues. How many of you know churches that forbid speak, people to speak in tongues? When I, when I was at the church I grew up in, in Franklin, Louisiana, we, 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 we lost our pastor and... and um, the pastor search committee went on a two-year search and looked for a pastor. And they found this young guy straight out of seminary. And he came in, and, man, he was full of fire. And he, was, he just had plans. He had vision. He was a great guy. And he comes in here, and, man, the church structure and those that wanted to run the church instead of let him pastor the church just really started to crush him. And he started to, he, in other words, he wasn't ready for what he ran into. And he started to break down mentally. So he went to a Christian counselor that the Baptist Association recommended, who was a spirit-filled counselor, who led him into the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then he received this prayer language, and he didn't know what to do with himself. He was like a bird in a cage. He's like, I don't know what to do, but I got to get, something's got to happen. And then people started finding out that he spoke in tongues, and it was only a matter of weeks before he was gone. They forbid him to speak in tongues. That, that totally violates what the scriptures say. Let me tell you where I stand. I look at you this morning and I go, pray, baby, pray. Pray, baby, pray. 
You need to wear your tongue out. You need to put some calluses. I'm just, come on, I'm being silly, but I'm being for real. You need, you need to pray. Why? Because you need to build yourself up. That's spiritual maturity is when you learn how to build your own self up. Because let me, pre- let me tell you something. People aren't going to always be there to encourage you. <laughs> In fact, if you're waiting on people to encourage you, you're going to still be waiting. <laughs> I love people and I love all of you, but there's times I need encouragement and none of you show up. (laughs) None of you call me. I'm okay with that because I just pray in tongues and I, I, I encourage myself and I build myself up, right? You seeing this? Now that's spiritual blindness to forbid someone from praying in tongues. So number one, it's scriptural. Number two, it's a benefit. Can I just say that? It's a benefit for every believer to pray in a prayer language, to pray in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he says this, For he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, some people use that verse to say, well, you see, you shouldn't pray in tongues because it's not as good as prophesying. Paul's just making a very clear-cut example that if you're going to edify the church, if your goal is to build up a congregation of people, then you need to prophesy or you need to at least have interpretation. But if you want to build yourself up, all you got to do is pray in tongues. You tracking with me? Just pray in tongues. It edifies you. That word edify literally means to build you up. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you so built up that you don't need to pray? Is there anybody here that will say, well, you know, pastor, I'm just so bowed up in the spirit. I could take a year off of praying in tongues and I'm good. Is there anybody would say that? Is anybody here just too built up? I mean, like, like you're over encouraged, maybe grossly encouraged. Come on, it's a benefit for every one of us. This is God's help for us. It's his gracious way of saying to us, you need help. And I'm supplying the help. You know, in Ephesians 6, where it talks about the armor of God, right? You know, praying in tongues is a part of your armor. But most people don't read that far because they put a period where there's a semicolon. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. I'm not going to go into the whole armor, but you know what the armor of God is. Watch this, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, semicolon, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Here we go. In the Spirit. You're part of your spiritual weaponry is praying in tongues. It's a spiritual battle that happens in the heavenly realms. It's not a flesh and blood battle. So if you're going to war, you got to fight in the right place. If the battle's in Basile, you can't show up in Lotel and try to fight. You're not going to accomplish anything. If the battle's in the spirit, then you need to be able to get in the spirit and battle in the spirit. It's part of your armor. God thought it important enough to to, to stick it right there in Ephesians chapter 6 with the armor of God. So watch this. How many Christians... Walk around defeated because they're missing something. How many Christians are walking around 
beat down because they don't have all of the armor of God. They don't have all of their weaponry. How many times have I been defeated? Watch this. Even when I choose not to pray in tongues. Because you see, you can have the grace of tongues, but just not use it. And that's like having a machine gun in your closet and and people are storming your doors, but you over there with a water pistol. I mean, come on, somebody. It's like, pull out the machine gun, please. Right? It's part of your spiritual warfare. Jude 20 says this, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's a benefit. It's for every one of us. And I want you to get this today, that you need it. Can I just say to you, can I just say to you that there's a, there's a grace that God's giving you to build yourself up? Would you just take it today? Would you just go, you know what, I've heard all kinds of weird things. Maybe I'm a little bit afraid. Maybe I don't fully understand. But would you just say, you know what, even though I don't understand, God, can I just, can I just do this? And then you would yield yourself and let the Holy Spirit come on you and begin to pray in a language that doesn't make sense here. But let me promise you something. Deep down in here, it makes all the sense in the world. It's a benefit for every one of us. Number three, it's a choice. It's a choice. 1 Corinthians 14 and 15. 14. 14 and 15. Paul saying this again. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. So what is Paul saying? He's saying, I will. If someone invites you to go to the football game, you're going to respond either I will or I won't, right? Why? Because it's your choice. We choose to pray in the Spirit. I want you to understand something. You're not going to be at Winn-Dixie one day, and all of a sudden, this thing's going to come over you, and you're going to sneak into the office and grab the intercom and start praying in tongues. That's not going to happen. Are you hearing me? That would be like some of you when they pass the basket to receive tithes and offerings, a check jumping out of your pocket. And then you go, I got the gift of giving. No, what do you have to do? You have to pull a checkbook out. You have to write a large check for your tithes and your offerings. Right? It's not just going to happen. If you have the gift of teaching, you're not going to be in Winn-Dixie one day. And he's going, oh, you go into a trance. And you find the office and you start teaching. on the. It's not going to do that. It's a choice. I turn it on and I turn it off when I want to. It's as simple as that. I kind of had that thought. You know, well, man, if I get this Holy Spirit thing, I mean, like, what's going to happen? You know, be in a, a, a business meeting and all of a sudden I just, I go to say English because I watch too many of the Jim Carrey movies. I, mean, I might go to say English and tongues comes out and everybody's kind of like, you know, I had those thoughts. Can, can I just tell you, it don't work like that. It's a choice. Paul says, 
I will pray in the spirit and I will pray in the understanding. He made it very clear for us. It's a choice. I, sometimes I choose to pray in the spirit. Sometimes I choose to pray with the understanding. Or as we would say it around here, Cajun English, right? Which, by the way, there may be an interpreter in heaven for some of you when you pray in Cajun English. I don't know. Just saying. We'll ask that question when we get there. It's not uncontrollable. He says, I will. Can I just ask you a question? If it's scriptural and it builds you up, is that not a good thing? Is it not a good thing to pray in tongues? If it's, if it's in the Bible, I mean, number one, that should be enough for all of us. If it's found in here, and not only that, but it's given to us to build us up, why would we not want that? I mean, do we like being broke down? Beat down? Why would we not want that? I'll never forget when I first started praying in tongues, I I, I got a little freaked out. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was kind of like, man, what, what the heck? It sounded literally like baby language. And I'll never forget, I called Cheryl's, well, she's my aunt too, but I always call her Cheryl's aunt. I called my aunt who's on Cheryl's side. <laughs> and she had been praying in tongues for years. In fact, She's probably the reason Cheryl, or I, Cheryl and I are here because she prayed us here. She saw years ago when I was bouncing at the clubs that I was going to be a preacher one day. It was the furthest thing from my mind. But anyway, so I called her the day after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to pray in tongues. And I said, hey, can I talk? She was like, yeah. I said, I got filled with the Holy Spirit last night. She goes, oh, great. I was like, no, no, no. I'm a little wigged out today. She said, okay. I said, can I just tell you what it sounds like? She was like, sure. And I imagine she was smiling on the backside on the other line. And, she, and I, I said, it sounds like da, 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 da. And she was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, like, that's good? She's like, oh, yeah. She said, baby, it's a gift. It's a grace. It's going to grow. It's going to change. It's going to get stronger. You're going to get more confident in it. And she just really helped me. Can I, just be, can I just share that with you this morning? It just really helped me. Because let me tell you something. As soon as you get what God has for you, the enemy's coming to try and take it from you. I know many believers that have been filled with the Spirit of God, received their prayer language, and the enemy came and convinced them not to use it. So I'll, speak to, I'll talk to some believers who are filled with the Spirit and have the grace of tongues. I'll say, hey man, you've been praying in tongues? Well, no, you know, I just, I haven't been, uh, you know, I really need to. Right? Why would the enemy sit back and let you receive something to encourage yourself with? He's coming after you. So if you flip the switch and you think about it from a different perspective, if he's coming trying to take this, then this must be very valuable. Right? I mean, if anything's worth stealing, then it has to have value. Amen? Huh. 
I've shared with you how I even was afraid the day I was filled with the Holy Spirit about receiving something evil or demonic. Or I was kind of scared I was going to get a demon. I'm just being vulnerable with you this morning. I just want you to, hopefully I'm relating to somebody, but I was just kind of like, it was time to go and they were going to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I'm getting ready to walk up and I'm going, Lord, I just pray this is you and not no demons, Lord. I'm, just, I'm being serious. I, that's, what I, that's what I understood. I was afraid. I didn't understand. And I was scared. In Luke chapter 10, we don't have to go there, but in Luke chapter 10, Jesus talked about the authority over demons and he called the demons serpents and scorpions. How many of you remember that? In Luke chapter 10, he called the demons serpents and scorpions. I think Jesus knew that one day we were going to struggle with thinking that the, the things of the spirit could possibly be demonic. So watch what he does with this. In Luke 10, he calls demons scorp- serpents and scorpions. In Luke 11, we pick it up in verse 11. It says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Listen, if your heart is sincere and you sincerely want the things of God, you're not going to get a demon. You're not going to get evil or demon possessed. It's not going to be anything from the enemy. It's going to be from God. And he says, I want you to have all of my gifts. I want you to have all of my grace. I want you to be fully empowered to do the things that I've called you to do and to be the person I've called you to be. Why would he call us to be something and then not equip us? to be that that would just be a joke it would be like he was trying to get a laugh out of us why would we not why would we not why would we why would we believe that there could be something demonic he's not going to do that How much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Wow. To who? Those who would ask him. Are you somebody that could ask him? So that means you qualify. Maybe you just never asked. I'll give you a chance to do that today. Paul said, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. Isn't it about time we let our spirit pray? Come on, look at me. Isn't it about time we let our spirit pray? I know a a big time pastor who came out of the same denomination I did and started a church and he prayed to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and he prayed for the the grace of tongues, but he could never get it. And he said he woke up one morning 
getting ready to go to church, and his wife was looking at him, just smiling, kind of. And he was like, what? You know how when your wife does that, you're kind of like, okay, what? And she's like, oh, I don't want to embarrass you. He goes, what? She says, I heard you last night. He says, what are you doing, Ma? She said, I heard you praying in tongues last night when you were asleep. He said, seriously? She said, yeah. So he went to his pastor and he said, my wife says I pray in tongues when I go to sleep. And his pastor told him, he says, I can understand that. You're pretty hard-headed. He probably waits for you to go to sleep so he can pray. He said, I felt like the Holy Spirit was sitting there going, three, two, one. Now we can pray. Isn't it about time we let our spirit pray? I appreciate the fact that we all swing for the fences in English. But isn't it about time to let our spirit pray? Isn't it about time to receive everything that God has for us? Isn't it about time to live a powerful life? An overcoming life? A self-encouraging, self-building up kind of life? Isn't it about time we do that? I want to share a part of my story. that I don't share this part too much. Um, when my wife and I were, were both filled with the Holy Spirit, we were living in Kinder at her aunt's house, and uh, our aunt's house. And, uh, and shortly afterwards, we moved to Jennings. And the first night we moved, we were just so tired. I mean, they, somebody could have broke in and just robbed everything. We wouldn't have known the difference. The second night, I woke up in the middle of the night, just like terrified I just sat up in the bed like somebody's in the house and that's always been a a fear of mine is that somebody would I used to be a hard sleeper and I was always afraid that somebody would come in while I was sleeping and I wouldn't know it and so I sat up in the bed and I'm like oh god somebody's in the house and I shake Cheryl and she won't wake up and and I remembered that Praying in tongues was spiritual warfare and that it builds you up. That, that's all I remembered. It's spiritual warfare and it builds me up. So I started praying in tongues right there in the bed. And before you know it, I had the courage to get out of the bed. I got out of the bed and I began to walk through the whole house. I went into every bedroom, laid hands on all the kids. I mean, I, I, you got to understand what the scene is like. I, I'm literally thinking I'm going to open the door and there's going to be somebody in one of the rooms. So every time I open a door, it's like an anticipation to fight. And I'm praying in the spirit, I'm praying. And before you know it, it starts changing and it starts getting aggressive. Every door I go into, it's like, and I'm praying and I lay hands on the kids and I go, I go through the whole house, every room in the house. And in my mind, because I don't know what I'm praying, I'm freaking out because I'm like, what in the heck is this? And, I, and I'm just, and so I go through the whole house and I'll never forget, I came back to the dining room, and I'm standing there, and my, my heart's racing, my adrenaline's pumping, and I'm praying in tongues, and then all of a sudden, it just breaks. Something just breaks. It just goes, Poof. And it was like the peace of God just landed on me, and I just went. First time I had ever experienced that in my life, 
And I was like, wow. What was that? I've never done that before. I finally made it back to the bed. I look at Cheryl and I go, missed the whole thing. <laughs> and I climbed back in the bed and I just, I prayed and I said, God, what was that? Very softly, the Holy Spirit whispered to me. He said, son, you used to never threaten the enemy. But now that you have this grace to build yourself up, you really, really threaten him now. Welcome to the fight. And, and can I tell you, it hadn't changed much since then. I understand that it is spiritual warfare. And sometimes in my own understanding, I don't know how to pray. So I just pray in the spirit and the Holy Spirit prays through me the perfect will of God to God. And I begin to battle and war and gain victory and defeat the enemy. And I see victory after victory after victory, right? He's given that to all of us. Isn't it about time we let our spirit pray? Paul says this last verse. 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I wish all of you, or I wish you all spoke in tongues. I wish all of you spoke in tongues. Can I say to you as your pastor, I wish every single person in here today spoke in tongues. Amen. 